Hello and welcome to Record Sports Hotline. My name is Daniel Conn. Delighted to be joined by Record Sports Keith Jackson and Michael Gannon. Guys, how are you? Good afternoon. Afternoon, chaps. Yes, um, one nice day in Scotland and we're in the, the studio. <laughs> <laughs> in the broom cupboard. That's it. <laughs> but it's great to be here. Exactly, and there's plenty for us to talk about. We're recording just after Celtic's... Was there a game on today or something? <laughs> there was a game on uh, over at Ibrox. Celtic, massive 1-0 win. Uh, absolutely huge. I mean, Keith... I think I've said it, a huge win for Celtic. Well, that's enormous. It was enormous going into the game for both of these managers uh, for, for different reasons, uh, but similar reasons as well because they're, they're trying to bed in um, a, a new look side. Celtic aren't as impressive as they were under Ange Postacoglu, so that's a concern. Um, and Brendan Rodgers, there are people out there that are desperate to see him fall and slip up and, and get on his case. So he needed that. That bought Brendan Rodgers a real bit of breathing space that result today. Not a great performance from Celtic, but it didn't need to be because Celt uh, Rangers were just so poor. Mm -hmm. um, and that is now a real problem for Michael Beale mm -hmm. uh, moving forward. He's got a real credibility issue now with his own supporters. Um, and he's going to have to bounce back really quickly and really strongly after the international break. Otherwise... He's going to come under real pressure, and 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 you know you start to wonder is the is the clock already ticking for Michael Beale? Mm -hmm. Um The fact from that performance today, from his starting lineup, um, his decision making, it looks to me as if he's not got a clue what his best eleven is, and that's a bit of a problem at this point in the season. When, by the way, this was something that he began planning for around about the January transfer window market, mm -hmm. and at this point, when he had to jump on Celtic in terms of forward planning for the season. Um, he's, he's already four points behind. So there are serious issues facing Michael Beale. Mm -hmm. And of course, we'll talk about the game itself. There'll be plenty of talking points and I'm sure Michael Beale will have obviously plenty to say about some of the refereeing decisions, which we'll touch on, Mick, but a disaster this week for Rangers. Oh yeah, it's um, a huge setback for, for Michael Beale and Rangers this, 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 this week, this game in particular. Um, Rangers will never have a better chance to beat Celtic this season. Than, than today. Um, you look at that Celtic lineup and who they were missing. Um, Hitati and Cartavica for a start, but look at the back four that finished the game for Celtic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, um, there's the, the, the second the choice defence. Well, it's second choice fullbacks. It's, it's Tony Ralston and, and, and Burnaby, second choice fullbacks. It's the fourth choice centre half in Lagerbiko or Lagerbelka. Lagerbelka. I'm never going to get this one right. Lagerbelka. Uh, and the sixth, the fifth or sixth choice centre back in Liam Scales, who, who was outstanding. Mm -hmm. um, Celtic were there for the taking. Um, today, but Rangers lack of quality, lack of identity. I'm not sure Liam Scales was outstanding. I thought he started really nervously. I thought he was in trouble with the long balls to the middle, but I think the last half an hour, he's under the course. See, see mentality did, defended the penalty box quite well yeah. towards the end, mm -hmm. but that the centre of Celtic's defence was like a barn door. It was wide open all the way through the first half, uh, and Rangers didn't have the quality to exploit or, I think, or damage it. I think, I think Scales was actually taking the leading role. I think I thought yes. it was going to be his partner who would be leading the role, but I actually thought it was Scales that was the one that took charge. And, and I think the last half an hour, when the pressure was really impelled on, there wasn't a lot of nuance to the pressure. It was pretty... No, it was defend your penalty box I still, stuff. I don't know what Rangers are trying to do. I don't know how they're trying to play. Even the first half, I mean, I thought Celtic were, were really good the first half. I thought they dominated the play. Played some nice stuff. Thought Callum McGregor was outstanding. Middle of the ran, was the, outstanding. ran the That's show. That's the correct use pair of the word, mate. Pair, pair of slippers on that, that first half. But Rangers' tactics seemed to be just lumping the ball at the middle. Mm -hmm. And by the way, it got a bit of joy because certain halves were, were a bit ropey. 
but is that is that really where Michael Beal is after what ten months in the job? It's basically hump high balls up towards two and a half. Oh, if, that, if that if that if that's the case, that's a trouble. That's big trouble. If that's Beal ball, then that's, the Beal ball is well, bust. What, what is what is Beal <laughs> ball? We yeah. don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do. That given the amount of time, effort, and money that's been put into this big rebuild, that there would be a plan, a clear strategy. There is no strategy. And it's starting to become really evident. And that is why Michael Beale is going to have a, such an issue after this international break. Well, this is the problem they've got. They've went out and, and, and built a new team, spent a lot of money, especially in the forward areas. And look who starts up, up top. Kamar Roof, who his last game against us was two years ago, a lot of injury problems. He's, if he's the best option after buying all these forward players, then, then you've, what, you've, then you've, you've made an oopsie. Properly. You've yeah, made an oopsie. Exactly. Now, i tell you yeah. another thing on that. Rabi Matondo, Rabi Matondo was deemed not good enough, inadequate, and and of a lesser quality than the players who were in the, making up the, the attacking positions last season. Michael Beale decided that that whole thing was so poor that it needed an entire rebuild, and he'd done that, and he's brought and he's spent a lot of money doing it. And yet, Rabi Matondo has emerged, a guy that wasn't good enough for your last attack, is now a go-to man in this team. Yeah, it just uh, all points to you know a, a man running about with his hair on fire at the minute, Michael Beale. Yeah, I think there's, there's, that's that's the thing for for Rangers. We can talk about incidents in the game and, and certain sliding door moments, but the, the, the bigger picture is that Rangers losing to Celtic, this Celtic team today, who are, Celtic team who are probably going to get better as the season goes on. I mean, they've got new new signs, not even in the squad today. Guys come back from injury. Celtic will get better. Yeah, they've got a manager who's who's proved through the years in his career that he can make players better. He's got a young kind of squad who will develop and he will improve. Rangers are, are kind of at the end of the line. They, I mean, they've, they've got these guys in early as the business was done pretty sharp. And, and, and by the way, they, they were congratulated for it because it was it yeah. looked like astute, sound business practice. Get these players in, give them a full pre-season, let them get bedded in, let them you know get to know each other, form relationships, all the, the buzzwords that you, that you get. Um, but the bottom line is none of it is there. And... If you actually think about it, Michael Beale was pre-planning this back in January in, the, in, the, in his original transfer window when he brought in Cantwell and Raskin, good signings. But he had an eye on what, what, what was going to be required. No, they weren't, weren't, they weren't, they weren't in the game. Today. I mean, Cantwell towards the end appeared, but yeah. then, oh, first but, 60 minutes. But, but the point being, when he was doing all this and looking forward to what was to come this season, Brendan Rodgers was still trying to keep Leicester in the Premier League. So he didn't have that time. So so effectively, Michael Beale got a massive jump on Brendan Rodgers, which is why Celtic are, you know, they've they've got some big issues that they need to resolve as well. But the bottom line is they've just gone to Iverson one one nothing with a team, as you said, that, that was thrown together with odds and ends. Yeah, it took it, listen, Michael Beale took over to, ten months ago. It was last November. Yeah, yeah. It, it took a job. I mean, it was given last year almost as a free pass, which is a bit surprising me come in November, a full transfer window in January. Never won a meaningful game last season. And now in the next season, he's still not won a meaningful game out of the Champions League and now lost the first one game. He's under severe pressure. Yeah. And rightly so. Listen, I think managers do need time. They do need windows, but it's two transfer windows in 10 months. The one thing That's a chunk of time. The one thing I can say, and I can tell 100% categorically, is that he has the full support of John Bennett. He's John Bennett's man, effectively. Um, well, I should say, obviously, today is a bit of hotline. We've got plenty of hotline com comments coming in. Uh, Andrew Lamb from Fraserburgh there saying Keith, James Bisgrove must already see Peel is under severe pressure uh, and wonder if it's better to speak to another manager already. I mean, that seems a bit a bit harsh, a bit early, but... Well... Or does it? You, no, you should be. You should always have succession planning. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're not doing that, you're not running your football club properly. Bisgrove, John Bennett, they should have an idea of where they want to go to if, if this one doesn't work out. 
but there is a there is I think a, a big bit of all eggs in one basket with Michael Beale here because they have backed him to the hilt and and John Bennett really rates him mm-hmm. um, and, and and for that reason I think that he, he will get time mm-hmm. I don't think it's there's not going to be a knee jerk he's not going to be sacked over the international break but he'll really have to come back strong mm-hmm. uh, because that if he doesn't if for example I think Rangers have got four or five home games haven't they after the international break. Well, if you was to drop any more points at home at Ibrooks, then you're getting to the point where, you know, somebody's going to have to call this. Mm-hmm. And I should say for everyone listening, everyone watching, this is all about your opinion. You can get involved. Email at dailyrecord.co.uk if you want to get in touch. Jack Armstrong there from Bathgate, the sloppiest Rangers in Celtic game in a long time. Celtic are short of nine players to make a decent team where Rangers are about 11 short. <laughs> By the way, he's not, he's not <laughs> he's, far he's off. He's not far yeah. wrong. Eh? It, it was a rubbish, I, th- I thought, as a game of football. It wasn't up to my. I thought it was really poor. Actually, the standard, the quality, everything you're kind of hoping that you're going to get from from a big old firm derby. It was just, it was a meh ninety minutes. We haven't even but t- a big result for Celtic. Huge, but we haven't even talked about the uh, the main talking point from the game. I suppose other than Kyogo's winning goal, which is of course, oh, how am I going to say it? Lager vehicle. Lager Bielke. Lager Bielke. Sorry, Gustav. Gustav. <laughs> <laughs> the big beer baron. <laughs> Uh, Lager BLK is <laughs> clash for want of a better phrase with uh, Cyril Dessers in the first half which uh, led to Rangers goal being chopped off we're lucky enough now to be joined by f- former Premiership referee Des Roach uh, Des how did you see the, the big talking point at today do you think it's a foul on, on Lager BLK Lager BLK Lager BLK sorry give it to Keith Keith and talk about it yes and personally, and Steve Conroy and I also do our, our thing. I didn't think it was a foul. That would um, happen. That would happen ninety nine times in the middle of the park, and there is nothing given for it. Uh, when you slow it down, you look at the, you look at the the contact. It's very minimal, and I would be quite happy to support Don on that. I actually think Alan Muir, who was the VR, got involved needlessly. He didn't need to get involved in that. That's not a game-changing decision, um, which turned into a game-changing decision because Rangers would have went one up. Uh, but sure, yeah, sure, surely there's Don Robertson in that situation. Okay, VAR wants me to go and have a look at it. You go look at it. You don't need to cave or you know fold, fold like a pack of cards. This seems to happen too often. As soon as some guy in, in far says, "Go and look at that again," then you all, they even joke about it now in commentary. We know what happens next. The referee changes his mind. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's not a free kick. It's not a free kick. It's. I think if you are if you're going to give that as a foul, then the game's going to hell in a handcart. Uh, it's not a foul, and Don was correct not to not to take it. But when he gets that pressure from VAR, I think he's 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 therefore uh, exposed to unnecessary yeah. uh, scrutiny. Um, but, but, and, in, my, in my book, it looks stronger. If he just comes back on the pitch, he says, do you know what? I've taken another look at it and I was right the first time. What's totally agree. It? Totally agree. Guy, mm-hmm. Guys, just to play devil's advocate, it's not a case because they've been looked at and they say that it's a free kick, it's a foul. Because there's plenty of people think it is a foul. I, I think it's soft, but I think it's a foul. I mean, if you look at if you look at Dessers, he pushes foot across and doesn't win the ball. At that point, it's a foul. He's impeding I the player. I, I, and listen, we know disagree. it's soft, disagree, but it's a foul. I disagree, Michael. I disagree. Because well, if you actually look at it... Des has got to get his foot in the ball first. He hasn't got his foot in the ball. He's made contact with the defender before his foot touches the ball. Therefore, the defender's made contact. It's the other way around. Not, not every contact's a foul, though. Not, not every contact. 
Correctes. No, but is no, the rule book not say that if you put your foot in for a tackle, don't win the ball, and the player comes in, and the defending player then kicks you, you're impeding that player. It's a free kick. That's is that not is that not maybe I'm wrong, um, Des of the rule book. Is that not in the rules? That's a free kick. I mean, it might be soft. It might look a bit cheap, but uh, is that not the rule? No, I wouldn't. I couldn't go down that route, Michael. No, I think if you if you go down that route, then you've not got a game. Yeah, well, Mike often goes down these routes. I'm just, <laughs> just ridiculous. I, I think it was it was really soft, and it's one of these ones that if uh, if it goes for you, you think it's definitely a foul. If it goes against you, like, no, no, it's not a foul. I can get that. I think it was a very, very soft one, but I can see why the guys well, the, in the VR the, the, the line, have, have said you know, the, ball, the bottom line is it's because Laga Belke is so sloppy in possession. I don't know how many touches he thought he was going to have to take. It was all his own doing. He got himself into a horrible mess. Dessers gets in. And by the way, one of the things you're taught when you're growing up trying to play football, get yourself in between the man and the ball. That's what Dessers does there. And Laga Belke then kicks through his the back of his calf. And, and what... Planet, I, man. I didn't quite see. Like, Does that equate like that. to being a free kick? I thought. I thought there was initial contact before that as well. Um, I get. I, I know. Listen, it is. It's not massive contact, but you don't even believe your own listen, argument. If that, that felt, <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say there, you're actually talking yourself out your own argument there, Mike. If you're, if you're saying that's a free kick, no one else in the pitch. You can think it's given all the time. If someone puts a foot and doesn't win the ball, and the guy falls over, you get a free kick for that. It's, it's, it happens all the time. Uh, Mike, we've got an expert here. Who's, who's telling you that you're wrong? I get it. I know that's bad. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm an expert. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in deep, I'm in deep waters here, but I just think I think I can see why they gave it a foul. I believe. No, that. I just think that I think that the benefit has to be given to the referee there. Don Robertson made the right call at that time, and as much as we're lauding VAR coming into our game, I think that's a situation where VAR didn't need to get involved. Yeah. No one, no one would have questioned that. No yeah. one. And Don got it right in the first instance, so I think Alan Muir, unfortunately, made the wrong call. So why did why would why would Don then go and change his mind? He can he can still go back and say no, I'm right. The pressure's time. right on, and once as we've just been saying, once a referee is put told to to, to go to the screen and look at it again, uh, ninety nine times out of a hundred, I, I can only remember about one or two incidents where a referee has went, no, my decision was right, and I'm sticking with well, it. He has that don't power. He has that power. So he looked at it again and thought, no, maybe it is a foul then, or it is a foul. I think mm -hmm. Des makes the point he's been put on the spot. Oh, yeah, I totally by, get by that. Yeah, I totally get and, that. Yeah. And if he sticks to his decision at that point, then there's pandemonium waiting for him. As you can probably imagine, the hotline has been inundated with comments on this. Billy Hughes, if, if that was a foul, the game's a bogey. See Strachan writing and saying, saying similar. So, Des, I definitely think that the punters in the hotline are, are siding with you. Unlucky, Mick. Well, there's a first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm defending the SFA here and the officials. I can't believe this. <laughs> what did you think overall of the of the officials' performance? I mean, that, that incident aside, and you know, that's that is quite a big incident. But I thought he handled it, handled the occasion quite quite well. I, I, I don't think he let the game get away from him. It wasn't splashing the or flashing the cards around. I, I thought overall it was it was competent. That one big error aside. Uh, well, Keith, to be fair, I'd, I wouldn't say it was an error. I think Don got it correct. Uh, no. I think the VAR got it wrong. Uh, I thought Don had an absolutely fantastic game. Mm -hmm. uh, when was the last time you've seen an old firm game and there's only two yellow cards and the first card came in 72 minutes? That's right. That's a good point, eh? First card came in 72 minutes for, uh, for Cantwell and then scales in 78 minutes. So I think Don had a, had a really good lid on the game. He had a good feel for the game. I think he's a fantastic referee. He's done 
really, really well. And it's good to see the new guys coming in and being given a being given a chance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just shows you that what how would you say it? He's got a feel for the game. Yeah, and he's got a feel for the players as well, and he's got a he's got a, a relationship with the players because there was very little dissent coming back to him for any decisions that he was made. So yeah, I, no, I thought it was I thought it was a good game for the for for the whole the whole match officials. I think the players made it quite easy for him. To be fair, I think you're right. Um, you know, and, and that's another question that, that Michael Beale will probably be, and certainly the Rangers supporters will be asking. Well, why did you allow that to be so easy? I mean, that that was a game where Rangers had to be aggressive, had to be in the front foot. And you're right, it, it was an easy game, an easy as easy as you'll get from a referee to handle that. Uh, occasion today, I thought. Des, I'd like to ask you as well. What did you think about the the, the penalty shout with uh, Cantwell and and Dyson Mader? Was there a case for a penalty kick there? No, I don't think so. No, that was the one just at the end. Was that eighty one minutes? Yeah. Just when Mader kind of came across him and kind of shouldered them at the way. When he was Is this another box. argument? What you want to lose, mate? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. As as much as as much as you like it, no, I don't think so. But I think, and I'm not uh, prejudicing anything here. I think Canwell could potentially be going down a, a wee slippery road here because it seems to be happening quite often that he's, um, how would you say, um, going over quite easily. Um, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have given a penalty for that. No, I don't think so. But as much as getting back to Keith there saying it's as easy a game as you'll get in no firm game, no firm game's easy. Absolutely not. It's how you make it, and you've got to give all credit to Don for making it look that way. Um, but getting back, back to you, Michael, uh, no, Cantwell's was never a penalty. Des, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's good to have somebody on here talking sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks very much for joining us, Des. Not a problem at all, guys. Happy to help. Cheers, Cheers Des. Cheers, Des. So, apart from the, the big penalty show, um, it was a, a pretty action-packed first half. We mentioned it in, in the, a few minutes ago, but Cal McGregor, I thought, absolutely ran the show. Yeah, and it's it's almost kind of um, staggering to me, Keith, that Rangers. So many games go by, McGregor runs the show. They can't get to grips. Well, with they Cal actually McGregor. did get to grips with him towards the end of last season, didn't they? The, and and and, and, and and at Celtic Park because what they were doing was they were they were sacrificing a body basically just get up, get on him. Don't let him turn. Don't let him take the ball off the central defenders. Don't let him dictate. Get on him. Mm-hmm. Um, they did that at Celtic Park. They did it again at Ibrox, and to great effect. And yet today, <laughs> when they really needed to uh-huh. go and do it again, they stood off. They stepped off. I thought Rangers were about thirty yards off the game. When, they, when Celtic was, you know, had time and space to pick a pass to come. In. Granted, they weren't doing any damage in that area of the park. But where were, where was the Rangers press? Why mm-hmm. did they stop doing it? It was a tactic that was beginning to to pay some dividends for them last season. And you're right, in that particular spell, after I thought the first, the usual first, hear them, scare them, five, ten minutes, there was about a 20, 25-minute period when Cal McGregor was just the outstanding player on the pitch. But he had all day, well, I'm talking about an easy day for the officials, there was no pressure on Cal McGregor. Mm. And he was able to dictate, and if you give Cal McGregor time and space, I mean, look at the pass that he put through for the one Kyogo should score. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great ball the from McGregor. From a badder goes yeah. down the, down the sideline. Um Good cut back. Kyogo doesn't make the contact. I think Tavernier does well to, to clear at the back post. But if you give Callum McGregor, he, he was in yards of space in an area where he can where he can pick a pass and he can hurt you, and he did do it. Mm-hmm. And that was I. I just we've talked about it earlier. I cannot see what Michael Beale's strategy was there. 
And for the life of me, I couldn't understand why Rangers weren't getting up the up the up the pitch and pressing people, and and because there was mistakes all over Celtic's defence. Mm-hmm. And to me, Rangers could have been pushing at an open door there, and they didn't have the aggression or the work or the the energy levels to to go and exploit it. Mm-hmm. And and part of that, you know, that was for that reason for me is why Callum McGregor just went on to dominate for a good 25, 35 minutes of that mm-hmm. first half. And Mick, obviously comments flying in the hotline. Michael McGrain from Bailiston. Rogers worked his magic today. Even he must be worried about how bad Celtic were in possession, particularly in the second half. Board letting him down. What do you think of that? To an extent, I think he was sitting chuckling just now. I mean, to get out of Ibrox with the victory, with the, with the squad that he had today, especially at the end of the game, Aye. he was thinking he's one to watch. Um, I thought he was. He showed why Celtic went and got him again. A bit of tactical news. I think he went back slightly towards the way Celtic played last season against Rangers than the way they started this season. They, they were wider. Kyogo, he dropped it a few times, but he was on the shoulder mm. again. Um, that's where he gets his goal, wasn't it? On the shoulder. It, yeah, mm. uh, and he should have scored a couple, couple more uh, from that position. Um, I, I thought tactically he got it spot on. It, he made loads of running repairs to the team. And it just about held together. I mean, the last 20 minutes got a bit hairy, didn't it? And it was a bit like, kind of, um, do you know what? A bit frantic. But he's, he showed his experience and I think... Um, I, I I wouldn't go overboard on it, Mike. It wasn't a good Celtic performance. No, that's a, what I'm saying. It was saying. a brilliant result. That's why I'm saying a bit laughing. But, you know, in, you're actually talking about the midfield there and, and usually that's where that, these games are won and lost. Who really performed in the centre of the pitch today? Really? Uh, Matt, Matt, O'Reilly Matt O'Reilly played well. I thought, uh, flashes. Um, I, thought he was, I thought he was good. I thought the first half he was excellent and I thought in the last 20 minutes he did a good defensive shift as well. I thought Matt O'Reilly was, was excellent. I thought McGregor was excellent. McGregor David was Tumble, excellent. I thought was Game passed him by. Yeah, I don't think he was great. Raskin, Raskin and Cantwell. Cantwell. Cantwell a wee bit towards the end, but not enough from them. You're talking about, the, it was actually Cantwell that was pressing Carl McGregor mm-hmm. in the, the games last year and did a decent job out of it. Although it sacrificed a little bit of him attacking. Um, him, I thought he was disappointing today, Cantwell again. Mm. Um, yeah. Ryan Jack. Ryan Jack. Game passed him by. Not mm. great. Um, so but, so but, in the centre of the pitch, what you're actually looking at is, it was it, it was a game that was decided by a, a, a genius of a striker who has a habit of scoring these goals. But it was, I thought, poor quality stuff from two sides. Two very average-looking mm-hmm. yeah, team with, sides. A team with no cutting edge and a team with a bit of a cutting edge. Yeah. No. And that's what just decided it. I mean, yeah. A moment of genius from Kyogo. I mean, a moment, a moment, great that, that, that's something that he is unique, that he does. I mean, that, nobody would take that that early. I mean, that's not uh, that's not something that most strikers would do. No, um, and that's, that's what caught. Brilliant. It was, I mean, it was it was sublime. But um, that's what you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had, he had fluffed two sitters before that as well. But I think you've yeah. you've now got to you know if, if looking at where where these teams go from this, um, and some of the decisions that have been made. As much as I've seen that John Bennett will one hundred percent back Michael Beale, he isn't tight. We ask some questions. Of course, eh? Yeah. Why did we bring in the six million pound Brazilian striker that now you're telling me? isn't as good as Ravi Matondo, who wasn't good enough to be in front of Fashion Sakala or, and, and all these. You've got rid of Yanis uh, Hadji, who to me in the preseason, he was one of the few that actually looked quite impressive. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure who, who's who's meant to be. What's, what's the upgrade on him? Sam Lammers can't get in the starting lineup. There's so many questions. Rangers are actually in a mess mm-hmm. at the minute. And I think they're going to need some clear thinking and some strong conversations. And, and it might well be that John Bennett has to sit down with the manager and say, right, 
where exactly are we here? And where does this fit in along the plan that you sold to us when you were asking us to, to back you really heavily in the, in the transfer market over the summer? There's so many questions. That's echoed by Thomas Marshall here on the hotline. Goldson, Tav, Jack and Beal all must go now. Beaten by a Celtic, a poor Celtic team at Ibrox. Simply not good enough. Any decent Jairs fan knows it. And that's echoed by a lot of the, the comments. I'm not sure I would include Goldson in that. I thought that was harsh as well. I thought Goldson, Goldson was probably one of the Rangers' best players. And I don't know. He wasn't great today, but Tavenier as the goal, well. I thought it wasn't great. It wasn't a great header out from the goal, was it? It's a poor defensive header. I, I thought he got plenty of distance on it, but you know, it was, it was just really clever thinking by Matt O'Reilly to put the ball thinking, back in yeah. there. Yeah. But no, I thought of all the Rangers players, I think Goldson was, was one of the few that you would probably give pass marks to. No. And when Celtic, when Celtic score that sublime goal right on half time, you know, it kind of almost rubs salt into the wounds. Rangers have had two chopped off in the first half. Rangers, you'd expect a kind of onslaught in the second half. And I know territory wise, they did pen Celtic back, but there was no real cutting edge, Keith. There was nothing. Who was going? I mean, we mentioned Cantwell before. Is he the guy that's going to open the door? Is it Raskin? There was no one really there when Rangers needed him. I think, if memory serves, Raskin did play one really good. Really good pass, and that was the Lammers chance, Lammers wasn't it? Was Lammers goes round Joe Hart, and then I don't know what happens. He has some sort of brain fart in front of goal. I mean, that's <laughs> it's, it's, it's an open goal. He's just need to stroke it away. I mean, that actually made Fashion Sakala look like a deadly finisher. Um, <laughs> I've no idea how he manages to contrive to miss that opportunity. But that was a great pass from Raskin. But you could count them in your one hand the amount of times that you know. What did Rangers do to break Celtic down? Nothing much. The Lagerbielke debacle. Um, was self-inflicted by Celtic, and and that led to um, Roof, you know, getting the ball in the back of the net. But in terms of what Rangers did to affect a Celtic defence, which was built in the space of the last twenty-four hours and and just wasn't fit for purpose, for Rangers not to be able to damage it, inflict pain on that Celtic defence, that that's the cardinal sin, and that's the big worry because. Michael Beale's entire rebuild was all about attack-minded players, the, the, the final third of the pitch. And he's not got it right. He's not got it even close to being remotely right. It's still really early, Mike, obviously, in the season and what have you, but have Rangers downgraded in their kind of front three from the, the you know, the Sakala, Morelos, Kent? Well, this is the, the big thing is, is, um, is Celtic weaker than last year and all that. So that's been the big kind of a narrative the last few weeks, hasn't it? But um, the question is, is, is Rangers weaker than last year? And I think at this point in time, both not, weaker. Maybe not weaker. Yeah, both weaker maybe weaker. not weaker in terms of like latter Morelos and Kent, who went who just the last six months of the season were, were empty jerseys, weren't they? But at peak times, yeah, definitely. When these guys aren't cutting it like they did. I mean, um, and Kent's got a bit of cutting edge. Um, Morelos, as we know, can can grab a goal, and he's a, a big character. These guys aren't up to that level yet. Um, and they need to get that together soon. I mean, they've got. Europe coming up. Um, Rangers got a fairly fairly decent run of home games in the league. They can't really afford, like you mentioned before, can't afford to drop any points. They need to win the League Cup. That's an absolute yeah. must. If they don't win the League Cup, then forget it. They're in big trouble. That, that one's a real blessing for Michael Peel. Yeah. He's got a free shot at, at winning some the, the first bit of silverware of the season. And if he can do that and put a trophy in the cabinet, then that'll buy him. Mm -hmm. The same kind of time that, that today's win has, has bought Brendan Rodgers. But I'll tell you something, if he doesn't win the League Cup, then... It's, it could be tatty by time. Yeah. Bill Lockerby there from Northampton on in the hotline right now. I recall Dessa saying that he would die in the pitch for Rangers. And he was true to his word. He died on his, I'll say backside for, <laughs> for want of a better phrase. Um, and I think as well, a lot of the people in the hotline right now praising uh, Dyson Maida is what right today. Again, right. a kind of typical 
kind of yeah, again, clear, <laughs> clear yourself, Bunny. No, but, that's but, that's but, but again, very much clear that, that Rogers has looked at the, the winning performances against Rangers in the last few years and seen what Meda does. The blueprint for it, aye. James Tavernier can't get up the pitch. Aye. Tavernier looked terrified. Can't get up the pitch. Can't get up the pitch. Him. We didn't cross the halfway line to the second half. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could not get up the pitch because it had him on his case. And that's why he's there. I mean, he. he <laughs> I mean, it's frustrating life. His teammates probably because when he gets the ball, he don't know where it's going to go. Sometimes, no. But you can see why he's in the team because he's so effective. He's an absolute nuisance, and he negated Rangers, one of Rangers' attacking outlets for the whole match. Well, and there you go. There's another thing about this the Rangers side, and, and this is unfortunate for Michael Beale that he he didn't have Borna Barisic because you know, so the only width that Rangers really have got in this system is the fullbacks. The fullbacks play high up the pitch. Um, but you've got Tavernier terrified to take on Maeda for pace, so didn't get across the halfway line. Then you've got a right back playing at left back yeah. on the other side, mm-hmm. who, by the way, was only playing with his right foot. Yeah. It yeah. didn't look to me as if yeah. he felt comfortable at any point Aye. to go on the outside or use his left foot. So two of your biggest attacking weapons, the, the, the width that you get is totally taken away from that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, another but question. But that not be addressed in the summer? Because, I mean, well, why Barisic, is Yelmaz on the bench then? But Barisic has had his problems in, in the last year or so. He's not what the player he was. He struggled in. He struggled in. in he really struggled in the old form games defensively. Yeah. Um, so, I, why, so why not play Yelmaz? Well, he's not supposed to be back from injury, isn't he? He's not played. He's just come back he's from injury. He's a left injury. back. He's a left back. He clearly wasn't fully fit to chuck him into that environment. But they put him on off the bench. Well, exactly. That's all he could get out of him. He wasn't fit enough to play for him start, clearly. Um, or not trusted. Then again, that goes back to, back to recruitment. But, I mean... That, that area was a, a major problem for Rangers again because he couldn't get the he couldn't get the pitch. There was no no real outlet uh, for them. They end up many times they end up launching high balls. It was I mean certain goals and launching long diagonals or long balls at the pitch. And the frightening thing was that they actually caused the Celtic defence. That's what that's what got a bit of joy. <laughs> Just shelling long right. balls down that's the middle. What, that's what got and, a bit of that joy. Was, that's why it's such a missed opportunity for Rangers because yeah, but the Celtic defence was 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 wide open like a barn door. Yeah, but they can't play that by the new year because of the well, Cameron Carter Vickers back at that point they could have. Cameron Carter Vickers would have just a nah, Phillips so, well, they'll uh, be sitting the buns to an elephant uh-huh. it'll be easy yeah. and I know it's, it's, not, it's not the biggest talking point but they were at Ibrox today in front mm-hmm. of their home fans no away fans as we all know they kind of beat that Celtic team that defence it's, it's a damn indictment um, yeah but this is, this is going, it's going to happen this is why eventually away tends to come back to these games when teams start not winning at home in these derbies and fans start getting touchy and after an hour they start getting going grouchy and start shooting their own team it doesn't help having the away fans make a noise and kind of uh, inspires the home fans to come back you don't get that kind of thing so when teams start losing the home games of these derbies with no fans they'll start changing their mind again I think Michael come on again <laughs> look at that again, have, you, have you been drinking <laughs> not yet but it will be soon Mick the whole point was that the Rangers board were getting uh, slaughtered because Celtic came and won at Ibrox every single time and there was a full stand of Celtic and it was a party at the end so that's and that's, that's that was basically the, the basis on which the decision was made well let's cut this allocation so I thought that wasn't that wasn't the official reason why the ah, was cut. Okay, well, well I, I just that's well I'm telling you what the reason was. <laughs> uh, do you not think it, dem- it diminishes the atmosphere in terms of the whole thing? Though? Of course it does. Because um, if the team, if the home does. team are, are winning three nothing, oh it's party time. The place is bouncing and, and it looks great on TV and all that stuff. Home team getting beat like today, the last twenty minutes, not a great atmosphere. Mm. I mean, it's punters are pulling their hair out. Well, that, I mean, this is a, a and not great for Rangers players either. No, it's a, it's a separate argument that we could probably dedicate an hour to speaking about on its own. You know, the fact that they are degrading the derby. No. Um, and it's such a shame. This is a, the, the one thing that we've always said we can sell 
it's the crown jewels. It's everybody wants to watch this stuff. And you've you've effectively, because you can't behave like grown-ups, had a squabble that has downgraded your your, yeah. your biggest asset, the old firm game. Yeah. There's nothing like it. You should go back to full allocations and you know. That can't happen now because Rangers have sold the season tickets, blah, 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 blah. So it's, it's not going to happen. And Celtic will adopt a, a, a similar sort of attitude to the whole thing. And really, you're just looking, you know, where's I, I would like Neil Doncaster to get involved, but he won't. But he should be sitting down saying, guys, come on. Aye, try we're, we're trying to Aye. sell this. You're criticising us for not bringing in enough money. Mm-hmm. And you've actually just taken whatever it is percentage out of the derby, which is the thing that we're really selling. Everything else we sell in the back of this derby and it's not the same. It's, you, yeah, yeah. The, the, you the TV companies you don't aren't get getting back and forth. I mean, even the first half today, after half an hour, when Celtic had a bit more possession, they were, at that point they were on top, with a good 15, 20 minutes spell when they had the ball pretty much constantly, dead quiet, yeah. and all that stuff. And it, it's not the same because you get the back and forth, and it, it's just not the same. No. Not a TV spectacle, it's not. Downgraded the derby, I like that. You should do us for Alvin, actually. That was good. <laughs> um, we should say uh, Stephen Mohern on, on the hotline has written in that Celtic's makeshift defence have gladly settled for a point. So Brendan Rodgers has surpassed the expectations by taking all three. I just wanted to touch on, I know he's kind of touched on Liam Scales a little bit earlier, but Rodgers afterwards saying he played like a man. He was a warrior today. Um, I think, given everything that we touched on, he deserves a lot of praise. And also, given the stick he's taken a bit recently, I thought Joe Hart as well. Joe Hart stood up today and really... Didn't much to do, did he? In the second half, got a couple of those saves and I don't know, I thought, I thought Hart definitely deserves a pat in the back for today. Yeah, the big save late on. And I think he just worked cut out, especially early on when the, the guys in front looked really nervy. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a cool head in there. Yeah, I thought he did quite well. But listen, Celtic got away with it today a wee bit um, because Rangers were so poor. I still think, when you look at the team sheet today, that team sheet is an admission that their summer transfer policy and summer transfer recruitment wasn't good enough. Um, three new signings from, from this week only one in the squad on the bench never got on or two not involved um, the rest of the, the new recruits only one new signing in the team alright listen Hatati and Carter Vickers are missing so they're two big injury guys but only one new signing from the summer in that team this is a team that's meant to be we're told the end of last year it's the next level we're going to the next level we're going to compete in Champions League and all that stuff to get to that team sheet today great result aside it's still an admission that, that something's not quite worked over the summer in terms of recruitment. So Celtic can sit and say, we've got injuries and guys coming back. And yeah, that's fair enough. And they will get better. They will. But is this Celtic team equipped to deal with Champions League, even with the guys back? Well, big big an, question. Big question. An interesting one, Mike, because I was at Brendan Rodgers' press conference when he, when he was announced. And that was the, the one thing. His big selling point was Europe. We want to make improvements in Europe. We want to do... And it had to be that because Big Ange had done everything domestically. So... The only the only avenue for for Brendan Rodgers was to say I'm going to improve this team I'm going to take it somewhere that Ange Postecoglou couldn't and that would mean improvements in Europe and I don't see a Celtic squad that's equipped for it and I, I also noticed recently you know Brendan was asked about dropping Hatati for the for the first game of the season etc cetera, etc cetera. and he said well it's not in my contract that I need to pick any specific player and that to me sounded a little bit like. Yep, Mark Lawwell can do what he wants and he can bring in all the projects that, that under the sun and that can be the club's model. But when it comes down to picking the team, nobody's going to be telling me. And it also suggests that he's looking at these players going, not first team ready. No, listen, I don't think Celtic needed to do their usual eight three million pound players. They needed three eight million pound players. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I put to, to Ben Rodgers last week. And he said, no, that's not the model. That's not how it works. That's not how the club operates. Fair enough. 
but that's that's not going to get to that next level in Champions League. These guys might go on and become crack. I thought I thought home when he came on looked really good. Yeah, he's got a bit about him. He's a, he's Yang a real well. prospect. Yang. Yang, a wee bit lightweight, but I thought he's, he might have a, he might have a chance. We don't know about Telio yet. So these guys might go on and become yeah very good players. But Champions League is not an environment to be learning. That's for sure. Well, especially when you've sold the whole Brendan Rodgers ticket on what we're going to do here. Yeah, the, the thing that's going to make us better than Ange is that we are going to go and do something in Europe. Well, yeah. you're not going to go and do something in Europe if, if you're, you know, unless you're prepared to invest in, in players with that pedigree. Now, you're right, Mick, these guys might go on to prove themselves and be exceptional signings over the course and distance, and that's all great. But this whole season, this whole Brendan Returns was sold upon, we are going to make improvements in Europe. And you can't, there's a toss of the coin on these guys if they're going to be good enough or not. What Celtic needed, what Brendan Rodgers really required, was proven track record credentials, and these guys don't have it. Yeah, listen, these guys might go on, as I say, but you, you're, you're kind of handing a, let's see, you've got a Michelin star chef and handing them a bag of messages from Aldi so they, <laughs> when they said they cook, isn't it? So, I mean, and, he, and, and as always, he seems to be able to make us into some sort of meal. So he's done it today. I mean, that's still the team today they had no right to go to no. Ibrox and win, but they, they can't really get distracted by the fact that the Rangers are so poor. That, that makes it okay because the Champions League's coming quick it's in three weeks and they're going to find out I mean pretty I tell you, quickly I'll tell you another thing you know one of the, the uh, hotline letters there or emails was talking about you know the, the praise of Joe Hart and all that I, I, again I think Rangers played totally into the hands because when is Joe Hart at his ropiest it's when he's actually got the ball at his feet when Celtic are not about there's a mistake in there mm-hmm. Rangers didn't get anywhere near putting them under pressure in the first half. And then in the second half, the whole game was right in front. And it became an easy, easy air game mm-hmm. for Liam Scales and for Lagerbielka because all they were doing was defending the penalty box. And and Joe Hart was just there as, you know, he wasn't having to take risks in possession or, you know, there wasn't an error. It was just shot stopping. Mm-hmm. And that's whatever you might think of Joe Hart, nobody can criticise him for his shot stop. Um, although, having said that, Kimar Rus one went right through his gloves. The first half as well, so should have saved that. But um, yeah, Rangers don't have the guy. The guys up front, Ruth, Ruth, and um, and Dessers haven't got the engines to do that. Running about and chasing down goalkeepers, or, or harassing and I, pressing. I think De- Dessers looks as if that's what he wants to do, and then he looks over his shoulder, and nobody else has joined him. Yeah, and then where did that? You know, we were t- talking about that in the training field, guys. See if I'm going to go and press and chase the Harry, the two centre halves. I'm going to need you to go. And, and got onto the fullback. Yeah, next mean, one. Yeah. yeah, and there was nothing. He was doing that, no. charging about on his own, just expending energy because he wasn't going to close anybody down because he wasn't being backed up by his teammates. That again points to a real fuzzy strategy that that Rangers are employing right now. Guys, don't say I'm not good to you, but we've got another guest coming to us live from Ibrox. Is it just eat? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just eating. Now <laughs> <laughs> eating. <laughs> it's none alone record sports Craig Swan Swanee how are you? Yeah good thank you how are you? I'm, I'm great thanks uh, how did you see the game? I thought it was uh, I thought it was intriguing we knew it was going to be intriguing before it started um, I thought Celtic started the game under a bit of pressure given, given the guys that were missing and, and the changes that were made to the team but they settled into it pretty quickly Rangers obviously the ball in the net in the first minute but I just thought tactically um Rangers let Celtic out of jail. I thought last season Michael Beale had found a way to smother We talked about that, lads. I thought he'd found a way to smother Callum McGregor and stop him dominating games. 
And it seemed to me, just watching with the naked eye, uh, without any television stuff, um, it seemed to be that when Celtic got the ball, the idea was for Cyril Dessers just to drop in and block the, the, the shot pass into McGregor's feet, which mm. was just didn't make any sense to me because McGregor just stepped either side of him off his off his, his shoulder, took the game and ran the game. And mm-hmm. having found a successful setup to halt Celtic's best player um, last season, I'm, I was quite surprised that Michael Beale deserted it. But. Swanee, they seem to go back to that in the second half. It looked to me, again, I, I was just watching TV, but it, it looked as if Kemal Roof kind of bolted himself onto Callum McGregor at the start of the second half. Uh, the game kind of then changed because it was just, you know, Rangers camped in Celtic's half. So it was difficult to to, to see from, from our perspective. But did, did you notice that, a, a, a sort of switch after the halftime? In one, aspect, in one respect, yes. But in the other respect, Keith, it's a different game then. Yeah. The game's set up a different way, as you guys, I think, just alluded to before I came on. The game's set up differently. Celtic are set in, camped in a wee bit more. And McGregor's maybe sat back alongside a couple other mm-hmm. boys as well. O'Reilly and Turnbull sat beside him more because whether they were being pressed back or whether they take the decision to try and protect the back the back boys a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was different then. The, 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 the job was to stop Callum McGregor getting in control of the game at the start. Callum McGregor did it brilliantly, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, if anybody who can spot a weakness... In any team, I thought he was right back to Callum McGregor that we all mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Swanee, can I ask you about the, the atmosphere at Ibrox today? Here in the hotline, we've got a plethora of Rangers fans writing in, obviously up in arms, furious about the result today. But what was it like inside the stadium? I think you guys have been to and seen enough of these games to have an idea of how it sort of unfolded. It was boisterous in the beginning, Rangers had the ball in it early. And then score after the first 20 minutes and Celtic started to get a hold of the ball. The frustration started to grow. But second half, it was... I've not really heard many Rangers managers get it in the neck like Bill got it today. This One of the substitutions, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, was obviously when he didn't bring Dessers off and he brought Roof off. I mean, that was really strong stuff. And then at full time, it was, it was pretty strong as well. Um, and the players got it as well. Um, whether that was just... To, you know, magnetising on towards the manager, I don't know, but they were getting some stick as well. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty bad in the closing stages. Because to be fair, Rangers weren't doing enough. You no. know, Celtic, Celtic that in the Celtic side of things, they did superbly. They defended manfully. They rode the luck once or twice when they had to. Their keeper come up with a couple of saves, but they ran until they dropped. Rangers just looked. Well, are you guys? Aren't you guys? Maybe said played into Celtic's hands. I just don't think they, they played anything. No, no to it. There was no shape to it. There was Absolutely. guys appearing in different areas of the pitch where they hadn't been five minutes before. You can yeah. say that trying different things. It didn't look that like that to me. It just looked like it just gone ragged, and it was mm-hmm. just somebody going to do something. Is somebody yeah. going to do something here? All looking at each other. Yeah, completely so, agree, Swanee. So I, I, I think the fans felt that and started to get really aggravated about it. So can I ask you, how was Brendan Rodgers after the game? Because obviously we've known he's been a wee bit understated, a little bit low-key this summer and all that stuff, because we know he's been a bit sensitive about his return. What was it like after the game? He looked a bit more energised um, by the looks of things on the touchline. How was he afterwards? That must have a big result for him. Yeah, a bit more like his normal self. I mean, hardly doing forward rolls up and down the touchline, but you could tell he was happy. Um, yeah, he's, obviously it's a massive result. I think everybody knows that it's a massive result for but Brendan Rodgers, given what's gone on in the last month or so, a couple of bad results, one, you know, the transfer window, some fans grumbling that it's not quite what was wanted from the transfer window. But listen, Celtic managers, 
live and die by results against Rangers, and he's just gone to Ibrox and got one. So who did who did well again. what what player did Rangers send out to to speak to you guys after the game, Swanny? Uh, James Tavernier. Let me guess, disappointing. <laughs> don't know. Uh, need you know, lessons. Don't know. He's doing something else. Uh, because we were talking about that before, every time, every time they, they take a sore one, it's the captain that's sent out, which is, by the way, part of his responsibilities. But he needs to check, work on his messaging because, you know, I'm not sure how how often Rangers fans want to be told that they're disappointed and that they need to learn the message, uh, learn the lessons for for the next stage moving forward. I think uh, it's it's all starting to sound a bit familiar. It's, it's very fine lines, isn't it? I mean, right, listen. Rangers, Rangers were poor today. I don't think anybody would dispute that. But as soon as the result goes against Michael Beale, the obvious thing to do is to point the finger at the fact of all this talent that was signed in the summer and the money that was spent and the guys are starting the game on the bench. If the game goes the other way, the same thing can said about Brendan Rodgers. Where's the guys that you've signed? But I must admit, it's, it, it's a build-up. It's a build-up. It's Kilmarnock. It's the poor display against Morton. It's the walloping against PSV. It's then losing today to Celtic. That kind of built it up for Rangers, but you've got to give Celtic immense credit. There's, I mean, there's a lot of guys. I don't think many Celtic supporters could have envisaged Liam Scales starting a game like this today. David Turnbull still been in the, the team starting this game today. Bernabe's coming on. Guys that you, when Celtic got a full squad up and running, you wouldn't expect them to be playing in a fixture like this. And they did well. They all did. They all stood up, and that's what they had to do. And they stood up. Swanee, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, but I think we'll, we'll let you go up the road. Uh, I've still got more work to finish. I just stopped for you guys because I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was lovely to see you uh, and thanks for everything. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Back to eating. Thank you. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> Craig Swan there at Ibrooks. But I mean, it, it, like, Michael uh, Lanigan from Shawlands on the hotline. They couldn't beat us with a makeshift defence. We could have put Shane Duffy at centre-back and we'd have still won. Heel, heel. I mean, I think that more or less sums up the feeling amongst the Celtic fans uh, this afternoon, guys. I think for us to really sum up, we've kind of went around the house a wee bit, but just to go back to Michael Beale one last time, Keith, I think now it's it's six derby games he's played in and one victory. Mm. And that one victory was really a dead rubber Yeah, uh, at Ibrox at the end of last season. Nothing on it. A huge couple of months from now. Massive. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that there has to be some questions asked. You know, the, as I said earlier, the, if, I, if I'd stumped up the amount of money that's been ploughed into to this rebuild... I, I think you can now justifiably say, right, Michael, can we have a chat? Because this doesn't appear to be working the way that we thought it would. Um, so there needs to be a, uh, some some very robust, honest conversations. Um, and there has to be a bounce back straight after the international break where, where Michael Beale needs to get himself on a run, a momentum. He needs to start putting out a start in 11 that looks as if there's a bit of thought and 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 procedure going into it rather than just you know pulling Rabbi Matondo out of the hat, deciding that he's now the, the better option. He, he needs to start showing that he knows what direction he wants this first eleven to move in. And I think, as we said earlier, if he if he wins the league cup, then it will just take a little bit of the heat out of the situation for him. But he has to. Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't win the league cup, then he's got a really bad situation on. Mm -hmm. And Mick, as for Celtic, James Robertson uh, from Alabama, apparently, uh, here on the hotline writing in saying, I thought we played much better today than previously. We were certainly, we were certainly better at defending, but I'll keep things in perspective as Rangers are not a good team. I think in many ways that might sum up 
a lot of Celtic fans' feelings. This, after the, the St Johnston draw at home, really takes the pressure off for Brendan Rodgers now and really helps him look forward. It certainly does. And obviously the international break as well. They've got a wee, a wee um, spell where they can work on things in the training ground with the guys that have come in. So they've got three new signings to, to integrate into the side, see what they bring. They've got Hitati to come back from injury. Eventually Carter Vickers to come back from injury. You think it's going to be interesting to see how that, that develops over the next few months with the Celtic on the backdrop of the Champions League. I think Celtic have bought themselves this this um, start in the league now. Um, you can see them building some momentum from this point, but the Champions League is going to be a, a real stiff examination for them. And it's, um, so uh, Celtic will enjoy this one and they'll, they'll have the bragging rights for the time being. They'll be taking great delight in seeing Rangers being in a slight case of disarray. But reality will be coming round the corner for Celtic as well and they have to be ready for it because mm-hmm. the Champions League is going to be Listen, they say the draw was really kind and all that stuff. And you're like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you miss, you might you know, get Man City or PSG or Barcelona, yeah. that, uh, that kind of thing. But kind of could I mean? Listen, yeah, but the, there's a problem that comes with that as well because if you look at it and you, you know, there's if you go into a group and you've got PSG and Juventus and they beat everybody. Well, you, you expect, yeah. you know, yeah. do you know what? You get hammered. You just take your dumps. You take your money and you yeah. get out of the Champions League. But with the kind of draw that Celtic have got. Which, which could have been worse, obviously, then expectations start to go up as well. So mm-hmm. see if you start getting a bad one, you know, you get a couple of doings against that level of Champions League side, then the pressure builds again. I think the, the first first game's firing all the way. Mm. And as you say, if, that, if that's a 3-0 you know, to firing puts the pressure on, but I'm sure Celtic fans will definitely fancy their chance of doing something in that group. It's a big unknown with Celtic just now. still, because I said, Bernardo's still taking in, Palmer's still taking no, in. Yeah. No. Uh, Phillips, we know he's got pedigree, but can he stay fit and stay in, this, and stay in that team in the short term until until Carter Vickers is back from injury? Um, so that'll change the shape of the team. Hatati at some point going to back to form, which is all change for Celtic. Mm-hmm. But it's an unknown at the now, so we need to wait and see what, what's done in the pipeline. But they've got the result today, which just gives them a major, major boost, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. I think that more or less brings us to the end of today's Record Sport Hotline. Keith, Michael, it's always a pleasure spending the afternoon with you. Oh, thank you very don't, much. Don't, don't rush to say it back. Um, I should say for everyone listening... <laughs> it's been a delight, Daniel. Thank, <laughs> thank, thank you, Michael. Thanks. Uh, for everyone listening and watching, you can get involved. Uh, email us hotline at dailyrecord.co.uk. You can find us on Twitter as well, at dr underscore sport and at dailyrecord underscore sport on Instagram as well. Thanks very much for watching. <laughs>